Greetings, everyone. This is the Sound Health Options Show with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And Sherry Edwards is still working on projects. It's big. It's good. I know some of the background noise. It's great. Um, today we have a great show, a great guest, Zen Honeycutt of Moms Across America. And we'll get right to that. Uh, I'll tell you right now. This is one of those shows that you're going to want to listen to again and pass on to your friends. And the easiest way to do that is about 10 to 15 minutes after the show, you'll be able to go to soundhealthoptions.com, click on the Blog Talk Radio tab, or actually, sorry, the Radio tab, then the Blog Talk Radio tab, and the replay will be there. And or in about an hour, maybe less, You'll be able to find it at all of the podcast aggregators out there, meaning iTunes or Pocket Cast or Dog Catcher or Podcatcher. Or, boy, I could do a whole show of just names of places you can find the show available. And you can go to any of those and search for Sherry Edwards, and you'll find the almost 700 shows we have there now. And uh, one of the easy ones to use is Stitcher. And Stitcher makes it really easy for you. It's cross-platform. You can listen to it on the computer. You can listen to it on your phone even some of the smart devices now. And you can easily pass the show on. And I know this is one of those shows, I've read a lot about Zen, I've read read her book, Unstoppable. And there's just a lot of really excellent information in here and in this conversation for us to talk about kids and their health and what we can do and actions we can take. Uh, But first, I have a short announcement. I was going to not do an announcement, but I saw this and I just had to. Uh, Not only does it fit right in, it just is so amazing. The article headline is, Dow Chemical Lobbyist of 20 Years Appointed to EPA to Manage Highly Toxic Superfund Sites. So just to be clear, Peter C. Wright was a corporate lawyer at Dow Chemical Company for nearly the past 20 years, since 1999. He had almost 20 years of time to become loyal to the corporate corporation, appointed by Trump to manage toxic Superfund sites, lawyer for Dow Chemical. Really? There's so many things I want to say about that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I will introduce our guest. I'll post that in chat. That just blows my mind. I just, yeah, I'm certain Zen will have something to say about this. So let me introduce Zen Honeycutt. Zen Honeycutt is the founder and director of Moms Across America, a nonprofit national coalition of unstoppable moms with the motto, Empowered Moms, Healthy Kids. Moms Across America has grown rapidly. Well over 400 leaders have created 700-plus community events in all 50 states. Moms Across America empowers and amplifies the voice of the mom locally and nationally to create healthy communities by raising awareness about GMOs and related pesticides in our food. Zen has three boys with allergies and autism symptoms, which greatly improved when they went GMO-free and organic. She discovered that thousands of moms are seeing the same results, and Moms Across America is expanding to mothers across the world with co-creator Vandana Shiva. Zen has been featured on CNN, The Dr. Oz Show, The Wall Street Journal, C-SPAN, and Moms Across America has been on Fox News, Reuters, ABC, and more. Zen is joining us to talk about her new book, Unstoppable, Transforming Sickness and Struggle into Triumph, Empowerment, and a Celebration of Community. Welcome, Zen. Richard, it's such a pleasure to be with you, and thank you to all of your listeners. Thank you so much. So let me ask a slightly odd question, perhaps. Who who were you before you became the founder of Moms Across America? I mean, were you were you a hippie health food advocate? I mean, who were you before this no. became? No, I was I was not an activist. In fact, I thought activists were fuss budgets with too much time on their hands that wore patchouli and were just annoying people. Even if I believed in their ideals, even if I wanted to save the whales and the polar bears, I was just turned off by activists, and it was never my intention to be an activist. 
uh, before Moms Across America, I did um, sort of segue from fashion design. I was a fashion designer for seven years. I worked in New York and um, Hong Kong and Quebec and L.A., um, and I segued into natural wellness because I was, I had my son, my firstborn son, and I learned about toxins in body care products. One of my dear friend's mother's mother died at 57, and she said it was because of toxins in the environment. And so I started looking into that because I had a son, and I learned about parabens, which were in body care products. Mm. And I started my own a collection called Zen's Purple Garden, and I had paraben-free body care products, and I used my pattern-making skills from fashion design to make baby blankets and heating hearts and sleep sachets all out of lavender. And so I had that for seven years, and then it got to a point where there was either, you know, go huge or just do something else, and I really wanted to focus on my kids because they had all had, they were all sick. They had, one had life-threatening allergy, he almost died, the other two were, had autoimmune issues, and and I just really wanted to be a mom and focus on them. So I closed that um, business, um, even though it was really fun and doing well. I, I closed it and uh, started focusing on being a mom. I learned about GMOs from Jeffrey Smith and Robin O'Brien in July of 2012. And by that fall, I was joining into Prop 37 and got involved in um, you know, GMO labeling and Later on, the two days after Prop 37, I thought of joining into Fourth of July parades, and Moms Across America was born. Wow! I didn't know about the clothing design background. I knew a bunch of the uh, some of the other stuff, but that's amazing. That's an amazing jump. Um, yes, you know, that's well, I, very it's a background. I, when I was a child, I wanted to be a scientist, but I wasn't great at math. My dad thought I should be a lawyer, and my mom thought I should be a writer. And now, funny enough, I'm, I feel like I'm doing a combination of all of those three things. But with my creative background, I, I think about things, I think, in a different way than some people might if they had had just a law background or, you know, or, or just a, a reporter background. I, I think that I bring a creative uh, perspective to our problem solving of, you know, how to heal our children and um, have a healthy world. So I, I do appreciate that creative background. Yeah, we'll talk later about parades as a marketing tool. Uh, but I, I, first, I, I have a. We're going to jump again because I, I want this as a foundational thing for for our conversation for our conversation about glyphosates and everything else. When you were at the uh, GMO conference in Beijing, you spoke with mm-hmm. Mei Wan Ho, a PhD director of science and society. And yes. she really, I saw that interview online, and she wrapped down g- genetics and the, mm-hmm. and the action of GMOs and how it is, I can't use this word on air, but I really want to, making a mess, a potentially making mm-hmm. an unbelievable mess of the natural fluid state of genetic flow. Can you talk about what she said? Because I think that's so critical to the whole conversation. Yes, and it's a good thing it was so memorable because that was a couple of years ago, and, and uh, God bless her heart, she's since passed away. She, well. she brought, yeah, she had uh, the ability to, to create for people the, the overwhelming, it can feel like an overwhelming impact or the limitless impact, potential impact of GMOs um, in, a, in a very clear way, and she really she she brought it to for us to be able to see for instance when you drop a, a something in water like say a pond right there's a whole ecosystem in that pond if you put a drop of oil in there it's it's not going to just impact that one drop of water that it went into you know it's not like a lego a line of legos where you put a green lego in it you know switch out a row of red legos and put in a green lego and it it just sits there in that one place in a pond, there's a whole ecosystem. There's the algae, there's the frogs, the water, the, 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 um, all of the microbes in the water, the birds, everything that comes in contact with that water. And so she really explained changing genetics is changing the entire system. And we're doing that not only in a cell, but we're doing that in our entire body. The whole body shifts and adjusts to any type of change in the body, you know, the pancreas and the liver and the 
um, heart and the lungs, all of these organs sort of communicate with each other through um, bacteria and through the way that they function. You know, they all try to adjust to have the body be at its optimal level. And so if there's one tiny thing in the body that's off, they all work to adjust, just like an ecosystem in a pond would. A pond would, you know, work to balance out what's going on down in the pond. If there's pollution, the more algae will eat it, right? And, and think different things, well, then there'll be more animals that eat the algae, right? Whatever that is, the whole system will work to balance itself. And she, she just really clearly explained the enormity of the impact of GMOs in a way that I hadn't heard in a long time for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people focus on, say, just the damage that a glyphosate herbicides or GMOs can cause to cells. And uh, people like Dr. Klingharp uh, on Jeffrey Smith's uh, Healing GMOs talk that's going on right now tells us that really the impact can be happening to the microbiome. And because we have, you know, trillions of different bacteria in our body, that microbiome that's throughout our whole body, including in our brain, uh, really can be impacted in a, in a way that's just unforeseeable to us because there's so many of them and they, they interact with each other in such a unique way that is really, we're at not even the tip of the iceberg and how that, the, the microbiome and the, the bacteria talk to each other in our body. So it's a very complex issue that I don't pretend to understand. I just hope that I can communicate it in a little bit of a way that people have people interested in finding out more and looking into the type of things that uh, Maywan Ho said and Dr. Klinghardt and these brilliant scientists that are out there, you know, talking about the impact of GMOs and, and toxic, you know, the, the related toxins to our bodies. Right. And it, it made me think of uh, the very first time I saw Bruce Lipton lecture with his first book, when his first book, The Biology of Belief, was first out. And he talked about the, that our cell, a term that I used with him was our cells are listening. Is that, because he really talked about, he's a geneticist by his, you know, and a lecturer. And he really talked about the interaction of that, that state of DNA, RNA is always listening to all the environmental factors. We, I think in Western medicine particularly, they're taught in, and he also was the one that clarified the word dogma or dogmatic beliefs in, in, in the medical schools. And they have a dogmatic belief that it's this. And he was really blowing that picture up in a good way of saying, no, it's all environmental factors. What we think, what we eat, what we drink, what we're exposed to, emotions, other people. It's a whole big living organism that has an effect on how we evolve. And, she was, yes. and, and that was what really blew me away about what Maywan Ho was saying was that same thing of from a different view, but the same, that it's so amazing that it is a giant, we are a giant living eco-organism, us on the planet. Yeah. We're all in relationship whether we want to be or not. Uh, and yeah. it's really, it, it's stunning. So now with that, and you said the magic word, you said microbiome, let's talk <laughs> about glyphosates and the effect it has on the gut and the effect that it has on the what I will call the, the earth's gut, the microbiome of the soil. Talk about glyphosates and why we really want to get rid of them. Well, glyphosate is the declared active chemical ingredient in Roundup and about 750 other generic or different types of brands now of glyphosate because the glyphosate uh, chemical has gone generic, so about um, I believe it's about 20 different other companies make glyphosate-based herbicides, and the majority come from China, and they were originated, however, with Monsanto, and it originated as a chelator, meaning it it was cleaning out pipes, you know the so that should bring to mind perhaps Flint right now. What's going on in Flint, right? It was cleaning out pipes. It was taking. Uh, the the minerals and metals that were building up in pipes and pulling them and bringing them into the water. And uh, they used it to as an herbicide because it can so easily grab on or hold onto the vital minerals and nutrients in any living thing it touches and draw the, you know draw them out or make them unavailable in that living thing. So what uh, Dr. Don Huber, 50-year plant pathologist, describes the process as is it basically gives the plant AIDS. It, it destroys its immune system. You know, everything that's vital, all the nutrients and minerals that are uh, vital in that plant uh, are unavailable. So then the normally harmless bacteria in the soil 
kill the plant. And so if it's doing that to plants, you've got to wonder what's it doing to our children who are especially vulnerable and who need those vital nutrients and minerals in order to develop properly. You know, we adults that are older may not be impacted in a way that a two-year-old might be because they need those vital minerals and nutrients at certain times in order to grow certain things in their body, you know, in fetuses and babies as well. So the chelation factor of glyphosate is, is really, uh, that alone is extremely concerning and uh, not a reason why it should not be in our food supply. Then it's also an antibiotic, and it's been shown to actually prefer the, pref- uh, the beneficial gut bacteria and allow for the pathogenic gut bacteria to proliferate, such as E. coli and um, salmonella, which, of course, are a huge problem for human beings to be, you know, an overgrowth of them. E. coli leads to urinary tract infections, you know, salmonella, all kinds of illnesses. So, uh, and in addition to just what those pathogenic gut bacteria can do to our bodies, on the outer walls of them is something called lipopolysaccharides, and their job is to signal the vagus nerve, in, which goes from the gut to the brain, to tell the vagus nerve, to tell the brain, bad guys, let's go and attack. So the brain goes on attack, the microglia cells in the brain, this is according to Dr. Matthew Buckley, and those microglia cells create glutamate, which is an excitotoxin, and they can excite the brain neuron endings, and so they get, you know, eventually wear out and die. And so those connections in the brain that normally would be happening don't happen, and and we believe this is why kids may develop sudden tics or stammers, uh, you know, autism-like symptoms, or, uh, you know, full-grown adults in their 40s or 50s develop early-onset on, um, uh, dementia or perhaps Alzheimer's. I mean, there's many different ways that, you know, impacting the brain can impact our, our, our body and our health. And then glyphosate is also an uh, endocrine disruptor, and that means that it can halt or harm the development of a fetus. It can, it can impact sex hormones. Um, it probably is impacting, uh, you know, sexual identity and confusion. Um, we, you know, there's just not enough studies on that. But it, and when you impact sex hormones, there's so many things that go off in the body. For instance, you know, tryptophan and melatonin and serotonin are needed to um, prevent mental illness and depression. And um, the sex hormones are, of course, important for fertility, miscarriages, birth defects, all kinds of issues. And there's a new study out that just showed that not, um, not only was the first generation of female rats impacted by consuming small amounts of glyphosate, but the second generation um, were also impacted. The, uh, the females that, um, of the second generation, even though they didn't have glyphosate, their, the mother rats did. They had smaller, um, smaller babies and you know, fewer babies and their the fertility was impacted. So this is not just an issue for our generation. This is an issue for generations to come. And uh, very, very concerning. It's also been, glyphosate's also been um, proven to cause liver disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, at very small levels, levels lower than what's in our food supply. And lo and behold, um, the statistics that I'm hearing now from doctors are anywhere between 1 in 4 to 1 in 10 Americans have uh, liver, some form of liver disease. And, and on top of that, the International Agency of Research for Cancer has uh, deemed glyphosate a definite animal carcinogen, so bells should go off for your pets and what kind of food they're eating, and also a probable human carcinogen. And right now there are 4,000 people that have sued Monsanto for the link to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and the lawyers say that they expect 10,000 by the end of the year to be um, in with that lawsuit. So... Um, and that's for people who have uh, essentially come in contact with Roundup through using it in their garden or farming or their careers, you know, as pesticide applicators and contracted non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And there's a lawsuit happening right now about that. So everybody should know about glyphosate. And even though it's more effort and it's difficult um, and it's inconvenient, we should all be avoiding it in our food supply. And, and that means eating organic. And I think it was when we interviewed, uh, we've interviewed Stephanie Seneff a couple of times, and I think this last time she talked about not only are we looking at the effects of gut health and what it's doing to our systems and possible carcinogenic qualities, but it's also doing the same to the soils. 
that it's it's actually affecting what I will call the microbiome or the path, you know the the enzymes and all the actions that's happening in the soil that breaks yeah. down the nutrients and everything that's happening in the soil. So now it's making our soil less effective. So I mean it's yes, and it's then, just and it, less nutrient dense, less nutrient dense. So the result is the food that is growing in our soil that from conventional farming, right? It's not, glyphosate is not allowed to be used in organic farming. There may be drift and there may be some small amount of contamination, but in general, it's not used at all in organic farming but in, or biodynamic. But in conventional farming, glyphosate is often used as a burn down to get rid of weeds before they plant, you know, and then they let it sit for a couple of weeks and then they plant. Um, and the, the, um, the fruit or the crop can uptake glyphosate, but yes, they spray it on the soil. It's also used during GMO farming um, on the crop because the crop has been genetically engineered to resist, you know, this, this chemical um, herbicide. Uh, it can still grow, but everything else around it dies. And it's also used as a drying agent before harvest on many crops, such as wheat, peas, legumes, yeah. oats, sugar. And so, yes, glyphosate-based herbicides are being used by the hundred, I believe it's 300 million pounds a year in the U.S., um, an extraordinary amount of this herbicides being used all around the world. And um, it does destroy, has been proven to destroy the microbes in the soil. And that means, yes, uh, lower uh, quality of soil also means less ability to absorb uh, carbon and water. So it, it is contributing to actual, you know, loss of crops during drought. Uh, you know, when, when there's drought, a, the soil that's uh, healthy and rich and, um, you know, organic would be able to retain water for longer. So there would be less crop damage. And also sequestering carbon is obviously a, a huge factor right now what's going on with climate change. So if, if, um, if, crop, if farmers switched over actually to, organic farming and sequestered only 0.4% more of carbon a year, within 25 years, all the carbon that's in the air right now would be drawn down into the soil. That's, that comes straight from the, pri, the uh, Paris Climate Change um, Summit that was held a couple of years ago. So the soil is being greatly impacted by glyphosate herbicides. And also the, there's runoff and it goes into the water. And in the water, glyphosate-based herbicides have been connected to um, increasing toxic algae. And I don't know if you're following what's going on with the toxic algae across our country. Uh, Lake Erie was impacted last year, and now it's southwest Florida. They had 300 turtles, sea turtles, that just washed up on shore from the toxic algae. And so what I would submit is that not only glyphosate, but also the fertilizers that are being used because of the impact of glyphosate, right? So glyphosate destroys the soil. There's, there's less nutrient quality. Then the farmers have to use all of, they feel that they have to use all these fertilizers. And they put these fertilizers in the soil and they both run off into the water and cause the growth of toxic algae. And then this toxic algae is making the beaches unusable. It's impacting tourism. It's killing off our marine life. I mean, we are really doing a doozy to our planet, and that in turn impacts all of us. So this is a urgent issue for everybody to inform themselves about and to talk to their local farmers, their you know food manufacturers, their city managers, um, and to speak up about this now because nobody's going to come down and do something about this for us. You know, the, the, the government's not, as you just mentioned earlier, the government's appointing the chemical companies in, you know, the leaders of the chemical companies in positions to regulate all this. They're not going to regulate this. They're only going to make the laws uh, more available for them to, or more, you know, accessible or, or make, it, make them more able to sell more chemicals. That's their motivation is to sell, do, do more business you know, to have more jobs and do more business and make more money for America. It's not to protect the planet. Uh, it's not to protect our children or our marine life. Uh, so we need to do that. We need to speak up. Well, I think one of the things that I can't see any of those words either blows my mind is <laughs> that we seem to be creating, well, we don't seem to be, we are creating what I will call immunosuppressed plants because they too are not getting a full spectrum of nutrition because they aren't able to because the glyphosate is screwing up the 
as you said, the, the microbes in the soil, which isn't able to break mm-hmm. everything down. So we have this amazing cascade of everything that we're doing that's creating immunosuppressed plants, meaning they don't have a full of strength immune system. They don't fight with weeds to grow, which makes them stronger or you know, they don't aren't able to actually get all the nutrients out of the soil. It reminds me of uh, in the Salinas Valley. I grew up on the Monterey Peninsula, and you would drive by during certain times of the year, and they'd have plastic down in the fields for strawberries because they would methyl bromide the the fields, which kills yeah. everything. And part of the reason that they had to do that is because the strawberry plants were so weak because they'd been so hybridized and manipulated to produce a strawberry that looked a particular way, looked less than taste it's more about looked a particular way that they had to do that to the fields to get the plants to be able to grow so that is the same thing to me as glyphosate only glyphosate you don't have to put plastic down so people don't go like what's going on here they're just spraying it everywhere and it's just this amazing cascade to me so now that we've painted this unbelievably nasty dark picture how do you one of the things i really admire about your work is you are very Stunningly positive, considering everything we've talked about, and you really want people to be educated about how they can make a change. Yes. You know, let's talk about parades. You know, that's an amazing thing. I'm going to jump from glyphosate to talking about parades. Talk about your your thing with parades and your parade flyers. That's such a great thing to be doing. Oh, well, thank you so much. Well, it actually started uh, the the day that we lost the Prop 37 labeling campaign, I was um, sitting in the back of the room and really just, you know, assessing what I had done that I'd helped out. And I realized at that moment when the woman was in the front of the room that she was being a leader. And I realized, huh, you know, she's in the front of the room. I'm in the back of the room. I wonder why, like, why didn't I step up, you know, and take on leadership? I could, I just, I didn't. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? You need people to pass out flyers. Um, But I began to wonder, what if I took on that I'm the one to transform the food supply? What if I took on leadership? Not, be my, not me my, by myself, but not me sitting back waiting for somebody else to do it, right? So I started to wonder, what would that look like? What could I do? How could I raise awareness with as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time? And uh, I first thought of March on Washington. You know, everybody's inspired by Martin Luther King and, you know, marching on Washington, which created uh, great change. Uh, but then I realized with moms and kids and strollers that, and limited budgets that going to Washington, D.C. is probably not going to, you know, uh, happen the way that I would like it to. So I thought about w- what would work for moms, and I realized that Fourth of July parades are local. They're family-friendly. They're easy to get to. They're affordable. They're free in most cases. Uh, you know, they're free to attend, and they're also very inexpensive to join into, maybe 15 or $30 in most cases, if at all. And uh, they also are organized by somebody else. The porta potties, the permits, the policemen have all been organized by somebody else. And in one parade, you can reach thousands of people. And I, I did the math actually later on that one parade, three people deep on, you know, on each side, spectators, for three miles means reaching over 30,000 people. And so a small parade, you're reaching at least 5,000 people. And these are your neighbors. You know, your, their, your, your friends, your teachers, your, you know, your school teachers, these are people that matter to you in your community, and they're smiling, and they're looking at you, and they want to look at you. And if you have a banner that says moms and GMOs on it somewhere, we did Moms Across America March to label GMOs, um, then, you know, this uh, granddad that's on the side of the road that's drinking a Coke and eating a Dorito will elbow his wife and be like, Martha, what's a GMO? And that's all we need to happen is to have them wonder what is a GMO and why are these moms marching about it? Why do they care so much to come out and be in a parade with their kids and their husbands and, you know, their dog and a, and a, and a uh, wagon with full of flyers. And so then we give them a flyer and they look at it and they realize, Hey, this might impact my grandkids. And they actually get curious and start to make some changes. And we did that in the first year I put the invite out for people to join in, and we had a reach on Facebook of over 300,000 a week in in less than four months. And we had over 170 groups all across the country join into parades, and we, you know, we estimated reach two million people at least in person, and um, potentially millions more because a lot of these parades are uh, televised on TV, you know, at homes and people in the senior centers and people at home are watching them. 
And uh, and it just took off after that. We've now had over 600 hosts or leaders, as I call them, create nearly a thousand events over the past five years. And these events are go beyond parades. That was the start of it. But it, then uh, moms began having you know coffee nights and uh, movie nights, uh, inviting people over organic potlucks or just gatherings at a at a playground to talk about it. And uh, we've done that going across the nation. We went on a national toxin-free tour and met with moms in parks and had a talk and got on ABC 7 News and, you know, it, it, different um, uh, different types of events. And they're all, you know, boots on the ground. In addition, of course, we're very, very um, active on social media. We reach 1.5 million people a month just on Facebook alone. And so, you know, potentially hundreds of millions more through, uh, we've been in nine different docu-series and movies and, um, you know, many different podcasts and radio shows like yours that reach so many people that are so influential in their towns and neighborhoods. And that's what's going to make the change is people like your listeners, you know, simply making that choice. You know what, I'm going to have my um, neighborhood go Roundup free, right? I'm going to go to my city council. I'm going to look up my city council meeting. I'm going to go to the next meeting. I'm going to present the material that's very readily available on momsacrossamerica.org under action. And I'm going to ask my city to discontinue the use of Roundup and use organic alternatives alternatives instead. Many other cities have done this. You can do it too. And when you make that change, and all of a sudden, all the pregnant women in your town are not being exposed to glyphosate you know, it through the city. They're not driving around in trucks and spraying it on the sidewalks. That is a huge contribution to society and to future generations. You know, that's just one thing you can do this. You can take, take on school lunches. You could take on your, the snacks at your church, you know, the, the coffee hour that's passed out. How about we go organic? You know, do whatever it is that uh, matters to you, but joining into 4th of July is one day a year. In two hours, you can reach tens of thousands of people in your town and then kick up your feet and take a vacation and be like, you know what? I did that. I reached 20,000 people in my town in two hours with, you know, two other, two or three other families holding a banner and passing out flyers. It's so fun and it's so easy. You get such a high because people are actually cheering you on. When do people cheer on activists? Never, <laughs> you know, but in the July parade, you get cheered on. And I, that's not why I did yeah. it obviously, but you know, it was, it was a surprise. It was like the cherry on top. I was like, wait a second, all these people that came out, you know, that I invited to come out to be, they're getting cheered on. That was very fulfilling to me. So I think every activist should be in a parade just, just to get cheered on because it's encouraging and it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I, I want to jump, jump back to sort of a, well, actually more of the educational part. You said the, something that I thought was really powerful in your book you said you you have said feeding your kids GMOs does not make you wrong, bad, or guilty. Can you talk about that? Because I think that's really powerful for people to understand and get that. So I fed my children GMOs for nine years. I didn't know. I did not know about them. I did. The GMOs had been in the food supply for seventeen years before I found out about it. That does not make me a bad mom. That does not mean I had my head in the sand. That does not mean I should be shamed or, you know, have fingers pointed at me or, you know, insulted online or, or be told, frankly, to wake up. Uh, that's actually, you know, pretty insulting language. Uh, I was simply unaware because I didn't have a reason to go looking for it. And the media was not talking about it. My mother didn't tell me about it. The, uh, the nightly news didn't tell me about it. The magazines that I read. I mean, I, I'm a, a fairly intelligent person, I would say. I, I read uh, all kinds of news and uh, magazines and, you know, articles and researched. And the major I didn't see any information about GMOs being in the food supply. I was aware from a very, in the very beginning about the Flavor Saver tomato. And I freaked out. And then, and I started talking to people about it. People looked at me like I had a third eye and then it disappeared from the news, right? And the media. And so I, it went off the market. So I thought, oh, okay, well, that's the end of GMOs. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even consider that I would be feeding my kids GMOs when I raised them. And, um, and so when people start to say, you know, they feel so guilty or they get disempowered 
or they don't want to find out more, perhaps they shy away from finding out more because they don't want to feel guilty. They don't want to feel like they're the ones that brought on their child's, you know, health issues. I really ask them just to give that up because there's no way, you, you know, there's no way that you really could have known, um, you know, when, when the, all of these news sources and your doctors are not telling you, you know, it, you, you, it was very challenging to go and search for this information until people like Robin O'Brien and Jeffrey Smith started actually getting some footage in the media, you know, through TED Talks and through um, movies. There was really no way to know about it. I mean, the, the, the general person was not going to scientific journals to look up GMOs, right? And, and our, our media sure as hell wasn't. The reporters weren't, you know. So it was not something that I think that we should be beating ourselves up over and being upset about. Now, today the information is available, right? So this is where some people get sort of righteous and they say, well, you, you should know and you can know the information is out there. And, uh, and, they, and they get kind of nasty with other people for not knowing about this. And I really urge everybody who has that inclination just to take a deep breath and just to think back to when you didn't know. And um, even if you did know, um, there for many people, like for instance, later on in life, I had a 20-something-year-old millennial tell me when I was just going gluten-free that they changed the corn. And she didn't eat any corn because it was contaminated and it's all been changed. And she was doing things like drinking sauerkraut juice. I thought she was really weird. And she's like, yeah, it settles your stomach. It does something in your stomach. She didn't really explain it to me fully, but I have to say, admit, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear that corn had been changed. I didn't know what that meant. I was trying to eat gluten-free. I, had, I felt like I had to eat corn. And so I didn't consider it. So, you know, be kind to the people that don't know about this yet. Be kind to the people that know about it and are choosing not to go organic and just be there for them, be supportive and support them in ways um, to show them that they can do it in a way that works for them. You know, if it's one step at a time or if you have them over for dinner and it's all organic, you can mention that, yeah, this is all organic. And then they can see, wow, there's organic chips, there's organic uh, cheese, there's organic, uh, you know, sodas, really? Like give them a, a, a look at the fact that it is possible to go organic and be, be kind and be supportive to them. And you have this really great I I've listened to so much of your material and the book. I can't remember where I saw this or read this or heard this. You have this really great thing that you say, when you know better, do better. And I think that's so empowering for people to hear that, to know that, to not guilt yeah. guilt trip themselves into a stupor. Just do better. When you know it, do better. I think yep, that's, we that's know tremendously you know. empowering. Yeah, the past is the past. We, we cannot change the past. And uh, there's no point in making ourselves wrong about it and disempowering ourselves. That making our, be, feeling guilty about it and blaming ourselves or blaming others only disempowers you in that moment. It, it sucks away your energy. And we don't need that. We need energy right now. We need everybody to feel positive, to feel, um, you know, to, to look at the future that we want to create, which is for me one of health and freedom. And, and to take actions every day to create that. Now, you know, for me, it might be, you know, like, for instance, last week I went to South Korea and I spoke to, uh, you know, hundreds of people about GMO labeling. For me, I have the opportunity now to take on those type of actions. For other people, it might be emailing, you know, your church pastor about the, the um, possibility of having organic bread at communion, right, or organic snacks during the coffee break or whatever that is. It might be, um, just emailing all your friends and family about this uh, new movie that's come out called Secret Ingredients or Modified or, um, you know, these just different, different things that are happening, right? It might be at a different level for you of whatever it is that matters to you. If pets matter to you, start talking about organic dog food. If, you know, your, your church matters to you, you know, work on, um, give the pastor my book, Unstoppable, which I did and he talked about in church. It was really great. So, you know, do whatever is uh, important to you and take one step every day and just do better. And I promise you, you'll sleep better at night when you're like, you know what, I did one thing today about that. And when you sleep better, you know, if mama's happy, everybody's happy, right? And your health is better, 
you know, you're more positive. Um, I believe it was Anna Lupe, a really great writer who talked at uh, Natural Products Expo West, and she said that she no longer sees hope as something outside of her, hope, you know, as this uh, possible one day, you know, thing that will happen. She generates hope by taking action every day. And I think that's a really beautiful way to look at it, that every day that you take action, you share something, you speak up about something, you make a request at your grocery store for organic cheese if they don't have that, every day that you take one action, you are creating that future that we all want, which is one with safe, healthy food and, and uh, a prosperous future and, and, a, and a beautiful, diverse you know, world to live in. And uh, so everybody can do this every day. You can do one thing. We're going to take a very short break, and then I have a follow-up question to that. We'll be right back. Soundhealthportal.com The body's vocal indicators move with every frequency set that goes from your brain to any part of your body. We have a Dr. Russ Rudy who came to us on a scooter. He had multiple sclerosis. Frequencies of his nerves were dead from the waist down. I'm speaking as a physician and a patient. Uh, I went down the medical road first. I didn't get to any answers that were acceptable to me. You know, when they hear something like, I'm going to listen to you speak, and I'm going to analyze, and I'm going to play tones for you and make you better, it just sounds so foreign to what we're expecting. And it took us from November of one year to May of the next, and it regrew the nerves from his waist down. So now we can believe it because it was science. I, I've seen it work in so many cases. Oh, I'm proof of it. I mean, nobody, nobody five or six years ago would expect me to be doing what I am today. Join us at soundhealthportal.com. So things that are out there that we don't have very good treatment for, why shouldn't they be allowed to try something different? I wanted to toss in a comment about pets. Uh, I, it, it's, I have a fondness for animals here to begin with, and there are times when I'm around people who don't know about stuff, and I try and be kind. I can be cranky, but I try and be kind. And I, it amazes me how there are times when I can get somebody to understand that your pet is out there running on the lawn that's sprayed with glyphosate or Roundup. Right. And it assimilates through their paws. And so there's, there's that. That's part A. Part B, then they come in and walk all over your carpet where your baby is crawling. So oftentimes I can get people to pay attention to things by getting them, if they have a pet, by getting them to think about stuff about their pet. They might not think about it for themselves to start with. They might resist more. But you can engage them by talking about their pet and what's going on and why. Have you ever had a dog die of something odd? You know, it's probably some sort of influence the environment. They're much more in touch with the environment than we are. So I think pets is a really good opener because it doesn't make it about the person. You're talking about their animal, which we know they love. So I, I like yeah. pets as a vehicle, as a gateway. It is wonderful. And, and, and then the yeah, the, And the International Agency of Research for Cancer found it as a definite animal carcinogen. So you can mention that. that this And this just happened, you know, a couple of years ago. So it's it's a new thing, you know. People have been using Roundup in their backyards and on their their park, uh, their driveway, right, and their sidewalk to get rid of weeds for some people for 40 years now. So they're gonna have some resistance and say, "Well, I've been using this forever. Like, what do you mean it's not safe? It wouldn't be in the hardware store if it was not safe." And so when you approach them, you can say, "You know, there's there's new science." that shows that it's actually harmful. In fact, the International Agency for Research on Cancer said it's a definite animal carcinogen and a probable human carcinogen. But, you know, really, um, it, it, we are seeing much higher numbers of tumors and cancer in pets. And actually, the dog food is tested positive for glyphosate. And uh, recent mm. testing has shown that the glyphosate in pets' urine is 200 times higher than humans. So they are eating much higher levels of glyphosate in their dog food than we are in our animal food. And then on top of that, they're being exposed in their backyards and gardens. So yes, that is an, a, a tremendous way. I am waiting for the day for pet owners that used Roundup and, and then fed, fed their dogs conventional food 
to start suing Monsanto because it's a definite animal carcinogen. Where's the lawsuits regarding, you know, cancer in our in our pets? Ooh, that's yeah. a great one. <laughs> I have to go and call yeah, for people I, immediately. That's very exciting. Um, people will step up. For that, that would be a that would be a great gateway into the system because they don't see it coming from the pet side. That's brilliant. That's mm-hmm. I look forward to that. We'll do a show about that when you make that happen. Um, what do you tell people that say organic food is too expensive? I say that uh, doctor's visits and medication and therapy are far more expensive. And I have uh, proof from my family alone. We used to spend five to $12,000 just on the doctor's visits when my kids had multiple allergies and autism symptoms and, you know, were getting sick quite often. And that was just on the copay. We had health care that covered, you know, 80 to 90%. And uh, now we're spending only $1,000 maybe a year or less. And much of that includes some supplements that we take, right, to, to pre- prevent health issues. So um, I know for a fact, and, you know, my son had autism symptoms. And when he had autism symptoms, he was tested for uh, glyphosate. He had eight times the amount of glyphosate in his urine than was found anywhere in Europe uh, previously. And he also had C. diff, fungus, um, he had dysbiosis, he had holes in his small intestines. And he had to take a antifungal medication, which cost $650 a month. And if his autism symptoms had continued, which they didn't, within six weeks, we had cleaned up his diet. He went 100% organic. He didn't eat any sugar during the holidays. Uh, He took sauerkraut and uh, colloidal silver. You know, we cleaned up his gut. We balanced out his gut bacteria. And within six weeks, we retested him. His glyphosate levels were no longer detectable. And his autism symptoms were gone and have never come back. Now, if he had continued to have autism symptoms, most likely from the thousands of moms that I'm in contact with on social media groups and conferences, you know, autism moms, we could be spending anywhere from sixty-five dollars to $120,000 a year on therapies. And we're not. So I estimate on the low end, we've saved over $300,000 in the past four years by resolving his autism symptoms and by eating organic. And my other sons as well, we, the only reason why they go to the doctor is if they, if for a well checkup and, you know, Maybe one had sumac, you know, poison sumac, which was out of control. But they, mm. they just get sick anymore, and we don't have those costs. So I think it is much less expensive to buy organic uh, than it is to um, treat and and try to remediate and I mean, you know, try treat and try to um, uh, address the symptoms of the many many different health issues that are out there. Cancer can cost ten thousand dollars a month. You know, it's it's very expensive. So go organic as much as you can. Start with uh, corn, soy, sugar, you know, the, the main GMO uh, foods, corn, soy, sugar, canola oil, and um, add in, of course, uh, wheat and oats and peas and be- beans and legumes because those are the ones that are most highly sprayed with glyphosate, including garbanzo beans, by the way. Your hummus has got to be organic. And even then, uh, some organic hummus has been shown to be tainted because uh, we believe there's some fraudulent labeling going on. So um, just do the best you can with eating local food, whole organic local food as much as possible. Get rid of the soda, the processed foods as much as you can, and, um, and do a detox process every day. I mean, there should be some form of detox that's going on. Um, in your family, and there's many different, we can talk more about that, but there's many different kinds of detox. The Klinghart, uh, Dr. Klinghart has a whole protocol, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, he recommends that's been highly, he's seen 50,000 patients over the past couple of decades, um, but there's many different ways to detox, including, you know, doing saunas, just working up a sweat, exercising, then taking a cold shower, using chlorella before that, um, uh, eating things like uh, sauerkraut, Oh, I just learned from my trip in South Korea uh, that one of the activists there said that Dr. Stephanie Seneff it revealed a study or you know brought to light a study that was done back in 2012 that showed that um, from and it was from Nigeria showed that a certain bacteria called Acetobacter that is in vinegar-based fermented foods actually digests glyphosate. 
It removes it from wow. wherever it is by digesting it. Yes. And it's phenomenal. There's another bacteria too, but that one's pathogenic. So this one, we, I said, well, where is it? What's in it? And he said, it's in persimmon vinegar. And I was like, well, where am I going to get persimmon vinegar? So I contacted Stephanie Seneff when I came back because we, we contact each other frequently. And she said, oh, it's also an apple cider vinegar, kombucha, and sauerkraut. And I was like, yippee. I mean, it's in the foods I have in my kitchen right now. And we eat those on a regular basis. So, you know, in order to remove glyphosate your bod- from your body, I would encourage you to be having kombucha, apple cider vinegar, and sauerkraut as, you know, often during the day, you know, with, with every meal or, you know, at least once a day. And, um, of course, eat organic as much as possible. And uh, make sure also it's not the sauerkraut that's in a bag that's just, you know, plain vinegar. You know, it's, it's not um, really fermented. So, you know, make sure that it's, it's decent sauerkraut or make it yourself, better yet, for pennies, <laughs> you know, for pennies, really. And you can make your own kombucha as well. All you need is black tea and some sugar and a scoby from, that you can get from a friend. And apple cider vinegar, we all know, is very inexpensive and um, is, is easy to just put a teaspoon of that in water with a little bit of honey, if you wish, and, and drink that each day. So there, if you can't eat all organic, please do at least incorporate apple cider vinegar, sauerkraut, and kombucha into your diet. And I would also recommend to people, well, I would never recommend, I would suggest, uh, that mm-hmm. uh, when you buy sauerkraut that you make sure that it's not pasteurized that you're not buying a, something just sitting on a, a shelf, you know, at room temperature that you really want to buy. If you're going to buy sauerkraut, uh, since I'm in a part of California where I can go to a, you know, health food store that has 23 kinds of sauerkraut in a refrigerated section, it's not, it's not an issue. However, yeah. you really want to make sure that you're buying a uh, not pasteurized sauerkraut because the pasteurization just kills everything, and then you end up eating, you know, soggy, cabbage which is not what we're looking for but it is once you get yeah. in the habit of making ferments uh it's really easy to do and it's once you add it in as a lifestyle uh it, now does <laughs> since you're in korea does kimchi fit into that same family of sauerkraut fermented foods if it's no it's do you lacto- still get the benefit it's no kimchi is not a good source of acetobacter. It's, it's um, more of a lacto, I believe, bacteria. It's a different bacteria. That there's there's several different okay. kinds of fermented foods. Yeah, and the the um, the kimchi is not a good source of that. But it is it is great. It does have other good bacteria, and we're supposed to have anywhere from a couple thousand to up to forty thousand different kinds of bacteria in our gut, and things like organic raw milk you know, or um, grass-fed organic raw milk and butter and um, kimchi and miso soup and, um, um, you know, all those different uh, kefirs, right, and kefir waters are all wonderful for putting good bacteria into your gut, if you can handle dairy, by the way. But good, and you can do um, fermented coconut yogurt as well. So get those different varieties of bacteria in your gut uh, through your food, and you're doing your your health, uh, your mind, your your relationships, your career, all a great service by taking care. That is the most important thing you can do for yourself is to balance out your gut bacteria. And you can do that not through just your food as well, but through, you know, mineral soaks and, and saunas, you know, detoxing, and also getting out into nature. Uh, Dr. Zach Bush, triple board certified. I highly recommend everybody watching some of his uh, videos. He's brilliant. He says that getting out into nature, especially two weeks, here we are in summer, if you can get out into a different location, like if you're in, if you live by the coast, go to the mountains. If you live in the mountains, go to the desert. If you go to a different place and you, you are resetting then your microbiome by all the different microbes and bacteria in that environment, and that leads to a healthier person. So getting out in nature, you know, gardening, pulling up uh, plants, breathing in the, the bacteria from the soil, um, all of those, stick your head out the window when you're, when you're driving in the country, all of those things add to your health. Nature really does have what we need in order to heal our bodies. We just need to have toxin-free bodies and let it, let it do its thing with the good microbiomes that are available to us. Microbes, I mean, good microbes that are available. Nature really wants to work with us in spite of what we keep doing. 
<laughs> nature, <laughs> nature really does want to support us. Come on, team, we can do this. We're a team. Yes. Really, stop kicking in the head. Really, we have the supplements that the supplements that we have are all from nature on our website that address gut health, uh, the herbs, the minerals, the um, nutrients from the soil. All of these things come from nature. We do not need uh, chemical, you know, uh, synthetic chemicals to change things in our body because then you're changing all kinds of things, you know. And then again, we have this, uh, you know, holistic effect where you know, suddenly you have a side effect and you need something else to uh, adjust it. So we really want to use things from nature as much as possible that works with that work with our body instead of um, altering our body, you know, in a way that will then lead to side effects. Right. And well, that's why I really wanted uh, the May Win Ho information up front, because it really mm-hmm. does go to everything we do has effect on everything. Ultimately, yeah. I know that's a little like Zen or too much Zen, and I don't mean you Zen. I mean you know the other Zen. Um, that it's a little too like whoa, you know, you throw a pebble in the lake and it makes ripples. It's really true. We all are bumping into each other. We're all in this giant, you know, cosm not macro or micro, Mm -hmm. that we coexist. And like you said, if you go into other places in nature, you're getting other bacteriums into your system, which are good. We want to build strong immune systems. We don't want to be using, okay, I didn't mean to ask this question. What's your thoughts on, uh, what is that goo, that stuff that people pump and put all over their hands, you know, to sanitize, hand sanitizers. (laughs) has such a mental block on it. What do you, what's your opinion on hand sanitizers? So I'm I'm not a big fan of them. I'll admit when I'm in the hospital, right? I uh, if not not me in the hospital, but if we go visit somebody in the hospital, um, I I will use them there. But but I because I'm just so concerned about really strong strains, you know, of of bacteria there. Yeah. But um, out, I don't use them in my home. I don't use them when I go out to um, you know restaurants and places like that. I just I just use the regular soap. And, and I've also gotten uh, less fastidious about washing off the fruits and vegetables with, you know, like rigorously for a really long time. I, I know that there are bacteria out there, but there's also good bacteria in the soil and good bacteria on the plants themselves that we do need to consume. So I'll, I'll give it a good rinsing. Uh, you know, I'll put a little bit um, vinegar in there, and, um, but I'm not like scrubbing every single little thing. You know, I'll eat I won't like peel off the carrot. You know how some people do before we eat it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I will leave the outside of what the, is on the carrot on the carrot. You know, and um, I will make sure that our, my kids get out in nature and they're barefoot and, um, <clears throat> you know, exposed to the earth as much as possible. Yeah. The earth is good. Um, I'm stunned to find that we're getting very close to the end, but I want you to, uh, before we move, move to that, I want you to just, as you can, tell people where to get information about your parade flyers. You have a whole packet of flyers that people can get to hand out at parades or to have in your bag or to, you know, just hand to people. Could you talk about that for a moment? Whoop, Zen? I lost you. How's that? Um, let's see. You look like you're still here, but I think you're muted, Zen. I'm not sure what happened. We lost Zen. Yeah. Oh, no. No, you're back. Oh, no, you're gone. Oh, she dropped off. Maybe she'll be back in a moment. That's a bummer. Uh, Zen uh, and Moms Across America has these great flyers that are available that you can hand out at parades or events. And they have a box of a packet of flyers that talk about organic foods. And I believe most of the flyers are bilingual, which is really great Spanish and English so that you can hand them out to crowds at parades. There we go. I'm back. I was just, I was just, I, you're back. Congratulations. I was yeah. just talking about riffing about your parade flyers. If you'd talk about those. Great. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened, but I'm back. And when you want to have an event, whether it be a movie night or if you want to join into a parade or simply hand out flyers at a street fair or a festival, you know, a summer festival, 
um, you can go to our website and under events, you can add your event. And then that way we know you're serious. We don't just send out free flyers to, you know, just to anybody send me some free flyers. If you're having an event, you're posting an event, we can share the event and help get, uh, you know, people to go with you to pass out flyers. Then we know you're serious about it and you get a code for a free box of materials. And thanks to our sponsors, which you can see on our website, uh, people like Dr. Bronner's and Baker Creek, um, they, that we have about $200 worth of flyers and materials, buttons and stickers and all of that, that we will send a box to you. You just need to pay for shipping. And so you'll get about a thousand flyers. We have Why Eat Organic flyers, which are really great to leave at doctor's offices and chiropractors. We have flyers on, uh, that we call them We Can Do Better flyers. They're all about the, the health crisis and toxic burden and they address toxins in food, vaccines, medications, water, our home, um, and our environment, and uh, buttons and stickers, like really fun bee and butterfly stickers. So um, you can get that free box of materials just by going on to events and posting your event with the exact address of wherever it is because uh, Google Maps doesn't do cross streets. And then you'll get an automatic email with the code to uh, purchase that box of materials, and you'll get it in about uh, three to five days. So we really hope that people take that on because we do have uh, tens of thousands of flyers still available. Um, we are going to also have on the materials page on our website, which is under action, uh, we also are going to have very soon a Spanish flyer that you can pass out to pesticide applicators in your town, either in English or in Spanish, whichever you like. And that one we just invite you to print out because you don't need many of them, so we don't need to print up I don't think, you know, hundreds of thousands of them for people. You just print it out on your uh, printer and you can hand it out to the um, pesticide applicator in your town and, um, you know, have him be aware of the fact that of, of what he's spraying. So there's a lot of different actions you can take. Go to action on momsacrossamerica.org. Click on action. Click on toxin-free town campaign. Um, also go to our welcome page on our website, which is right on the, the first, the very home page. There's a slider that you click on and, you can go to our welcome page and it talks all about how to get involved. The number one way to get involved is to invite other people to get involved. So uh, that's why I invite you to have a movie night or to, uh, you know, have a booth at a, a parade or a festival or simply show up at a festival and pass out flyers. You can pass out flyers anywhere you want as long as you're on public, um, you know, property streets. So it's very easy and it's very fulfilling and you'll, you'll feel great after doing it. And where would you like people to find your book, Unstoppable? You can find that on Amazon. There's links, of course, on it from our website uh, to it as well. But on Amazon, if you type in Unstoppable and then Zen Honeycut, it'll come up. There are other books named Unstoppable, but this was uh, this is a name that I was pretty set on. So it's called Unstoppable: Transforming Sickness and Struggle into Triumph, Empowerment, and a Celebration of Community. And the majority of the proceeds go to Moms Across America for our um, more flyers and programs and all of that. And, of course, the rest of the proceeds go towards me being able to continue doing my work. So it is, uh, I really appreciate it. And it's, a, it's really a community effort book. There's farmers, doctors, lawyers, scientists, all kinds of books that have contributed to um, people who have contributed to the book. And I, I like to describe it as empowering. So I, I appreciate um, people checking it out and giving, perhaps buying a copy for their library or their friends or family. It's a great read. It's a really, it's a really good book. I'm really uh, thrilled is not quite the right word, but it's a really great gathering of information. And like you say, from a lot of different facets, uh, it's a, it's, it's, yeah, I'll be buying some, I think, and giving it to the local library. Uh, okay, we will have to do a part two. I look forward to your suing Monsanto or whatever they're called now about pets. <laughs> That's very exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Some, somebody with a pet who has died from cancer will have to be the one to do that because I have not. My dog eats only organic. So, um, but well, I, invite, of course, yeah. I, yeah, I invite people out there that have pets with cancer to you know approach lawyers. There's a lot of lawyers now that are suing Monsanto. So. Um, I invite somebody out, one of the listeners out there to take that on. I'm excited, and we will share the heck out of it when they do. <laughs> right, right. We will. All right. Thank you again, Zen. That was really excellent, um, fact-filled, information-filled, really empowering. It's a great word.
Um, All right, everybody. Have a great rest of the week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.